Welcome back to the Get Unstuck and On Target podcast. I'm Mike O'Neill with Bench Builders, and we help growing companies, especially manufacturers, improve their people, process, and planning systems so they can scale smarter and faster. Joining me today is Mark Apple. Mark is the founder of Forward Push, an inbound marketing agency that uses traditional and digital advertising, branding, and social media outlets to inspire measurable brand loyalty and drive sales. I met Mark on LinkedIn and I immediately noticed something different about his post. And it's that difference that I'd like to explore today. Welcome, Mark. Thank you, Mike. Good to see you. Appreciate that. Thank you. Mark, we've had a chance to chat prior to us uh, scheduling the recording of uh, this podcast. And as you know, these are not scripted conversations, but I would love to learn a little more about your company and Forward Push, and particularly uh, the, what led to the name Forward Push. And let's start with that. Why Forward Push? Sure, sure. And that is an, that is an interesting story. So I worked at a former agency before I started Push Forward Push about 13 some odd years ago. And when I left, I wasn't really sure what I was going to do. I didn't really have a plan to start Forward Push, but I knew that I needed to do something at that time, including leaving where I was. And I left and did some soul searching. And during that time period, one of my former clients called me and they said that they were looking for a new agency to work with. Did I happen to know anyone? And I said, you know what? I'm kind of kicking around the idea that I might start something. What do you think of that? And I had a good relationship with the marketing manager there to, to have that type of conversation. And she said, you know what? We, we would love to work with you again. And I was like, that's great. You know, I'm thinking of calling it and I'm kind of going off the cuff here as I'm talking to her, putting all these things that I've been thinking about for months in my head. And I said to her, I think I'm going to call it push forward. What do you think of that? And she said, you know what? I don't like that. Hmm. I think you should call it forward push. And as she was saying it, I started typing into GoDaddy to buy the domain, figuring someone has to have forward push. No one did. Immediately bought it. By the end of that day, I had already talked to the state and turned in my, you know, to get everything taken care of with the state and get my taxes all in order. And that is how the name Forward Push came about and actually how I started the agency. Um, it was somewhat on a whim, but also well-planned. Well, I love the fact that the name came from a client. Mm -hmm. You know, Mark, I have the opportunity to speak with a lot of digital marketers. And quite frankly, I work real hard to try to understand what differentiates them and so when you get asked that question, what differentiates Forward Push? Oh, yeah. A couple things. So one is my personal background and the people on the team. The majority of us came from working at Fortune 500 companies. So my background is working in the marketing and promotion departments for Clear Channel Radio, CBS, Starbucks, and the other members on the team have the same type of background. And we love taking what we learned there, the positives and the negatives, mm -hmm. and applying that now to the clients we work with. The second thing that I think makes us a little bit different is that we love spending time with our clients and helping them understand how does digital marketing work. 
because I will often tell a client in a meeting, a great meeting with them where we've explained how everything works, whether that's Google, Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever it is. And I'll usually end the meeting and let them know that everything I just told them could be a lie because there is some kid in the Stanford dorm right now that is about to change all of our world. Hmm. And that is the biggest thing in my industry is that it is a chess game. Everything is constantly moving. It's not an industry where if Google decides today or Facebook decides or LinkedIn decides to change the algorithm, there typically isn't a press release on it. There is no, hello marketers, we wanna let you know today, you should tell your clients to only post three times, not five times. What happens? A bunch of marketing people start to figure out, hmm, something's not working. I'm not getting that engagement anymore. I'm not getting that reach. We're not ranking. And then all of a sudden people start to figure out, well, they must have made an algorithm change. And then typically these big companies that are running the internets, the, the Facebooks of the world, the Google of the world, the LinkedIn's of the world, the Amazons, they'll sort of give a hint or maybe they will officially say, oh yeah, we made an update. So that is the big thing in this industry and where we really try to let our clients know that this is really, and I said this before, is a chess game. There are so many moving pieces. And if you're not thinking ahead of what's going to happen, you will lose this game. And it's a big game for a lot of our clients. You know, it's a big game that um, we are all learning because it's changing so constantly. Mark, I mentioned that one reason I wanted to, to bring you on the podcast is when I began reading your post, I saw something different. And, you know, I opened by asking what differentiates forward push from others. But what I just saw in your post is I didn't at that point know Mark, but after reading a post or two, I felt that I, I knew more about Mark. And I had the good opportunity to meet you in person. And I began to associate these differences. Can we talk about that a little bit? Is that intentional? Are your posts intentionally kind of tell us more about who Mark is? Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I am Mark and I am also marketing. That That is what I do. And when I'm promoting that on LinkedIn, that's what I'm promoting. I'm promoting my knowledge of marketing, what services my agency provides for business owners. And that's really what it's about. But I didn't want to be the person to make a post every single day about um, if you need help with SEO, call me. Hmm. If you need help with writing blog articles, DM me. If you need someone to write posts for you, let's set up a 15-minute consultation. There's plenty of places to say that in the world, and that's called advertising. I looked at LinkedIn as a marketing opportunity. And that's, while it's B2B, I actually kind of look at it as, as B2C. I mean, we're, we're all people at the end of the day. And if the C is for consumers, we're, we're all consumers. So even though it's B2B, why shouldn't I tell you more about me? And so my philosophy when I post is, yeah, I'm going to tell you when I'm on vacation, what I'm doing. I'm going to tell you about the books I'm reading, the meals I'm eating, how I'm spending my day. But because I'm a marketer, when I go out to a restaurant or when I go on vacation or when I go to a concert, I probably look at things a little bit different, just naturally than most people, because I'm there as a marketing person. So I'm kind of 
figuring out those things. And I like to put that back in my post so that maybe the next time you're at a concert, Mike, you might say, oh, yeah, look what they're doing there. Instead of just maybe just getting to your seats and grabbing a drink and, and then watching the show. Mark, as you know, our listeners are decision makers. They're usually in leadership roles. Their presence on social media uh, may be to manage their company's online presence. It may be uh, to kind of burnish their own personal brand. And with that in mind, I'd like to kind of focus our conversation primarily around LinkedIn. That's what brought us together. Mm -hmm. um, but with that in mind, post, you said that you have chosen to be Mark and Mark the marketer, and you've opted to show a little different side to you. Um, you're a marketer. You understand how to do that. For a business owner, for a leader, what might be some practical tips you have for us that when we want to post, what should be going through our mind in preparing for those posts? Yeah, and, and that's a great question, Mike. And I think it's a step before that, though. It's really trying to figure out what you're comfortable posting. Hmm. So for me, I'm fairly comfortable taking pictures. And, you, and you've seen my post. I wear crazy T-shirts. I'll put on sunglasses. I'll wear hats. And if I have to go stand in a field with cows, I will, go, I will do that for a post. Um, and I'm comfortable doing that. A CEO of a manufacturing company might not be that comfortable. And here's the thing. That is perfectly okay. My success on LinkedIn can also have the success for that manufacturing CEO as well. They can have the same success I'm having. They might do it differently. Their pictures, or maybe no pictures at all, maybe they're just text posts, can talk about them, their day, what's happening in the industry. But again, I would say that even before that first pen to paper or the keyboard to writing what you're going to post, it really is figuring out for yourself, who, who am I going to be on LinkedIn that will resonate with the people I'm trying to reach? So using me as an example, since that's how we met, I'm interested in meeting people like you. And my posts are geared towards people like you. I want to have a relationship with people that work with other businesses or the clients that we're trying to reach. And what I have found, our end clients, they like people and they wanna to get to know people because the business of marketing and when you work with a client is very much about trust. Hmm. And they wanna trust that person. But how do you get to trust if you don't know and like them first? So I think for the people that are listening to the podcast, it's really taking a hard look and saying, you know, who, who do I want to be on LinkedIn? Do I want to show pictures of my kids? Do I want to show pictures of my team? How about when I'm getting on a Delta airline? Do I want to show me sitting in the seat and preparing for a meeting that I'm flying across town, right? Too. It's really that thinking first. And once you have that, then you really can start saying, oh, this might make a great post. Let me see if I can turn this into something. All right, I'm glad you clarified and that it starts with being true to you and you've already begun kind of reinforcing that at the end of the day, you got to be true to you in these posts and it's about relationships. And I like the fact that you clarified uh, it is B2B. 
but the reality is it's B2C. It's person to person. Um, let's go back to social media in general. Would you describe LinkedIn as being social media? Why? This is, this is one of those million dollar questions, isn't it? Everyone doesn't know what to post on LinkedIn because if we go back into the history of LinkedIn, it was where you went to find a job, mm-hmm. right? And and it still is. I know even for, for Forward Push, we, we find candidates there and we have found employees on LinkedIn, but it's now become closer to maybe a Facebook and Instagram somewhere in there. I know, you know, on Fridays, a lot of people kind of what I would say let go and they post memes and jokes uh, and they're writing serious content during the week. But is it a place where you could post pictures of having lunch with a client, a selfie photo? I know I do. Uh, I know a lot of other people would say, you know what, that's that's great for Facebook and Instagram. You shouldn't be posting selfie on there. You shouldn't be posting cute little videos. Again, my level of how I want to interact on LinkedIn is, yeah, you know what? I want to post memes. I want to post selfie videos with people that I meet and then write post about them. So is it a social media? Yeah, it is a social media. Is it like Instagram or TikTok? No, I don't think we're there yet on that. And I'm not really sure if we'll ever be there because I think it is the place where business happens. But I do think, as we talked about earlier here in our conversation, it is people to people. And we all go to lunch with clients or with our network. So why wouldn't you wanna share that? Why wouldn't you wanna talk about one of your clients or someone in your network that you you know, are confident about and does a great job? And a selfie photo is okay. You know, just make sure it's in focus. <laughs> Make sure it's in focus. You know, I, I don't know if if I intended to get into mechanics a little bit, but one of the things you mentioned a moment ago is decide who you are and how do you really want to have a presence um, on LinkedIn. One of the things you mentioned was, do you use pictures or not? Um, why might that be a decision point? Yeah. Well, there's a couple reasons. And one is sort of, how do things happen on LinkedIn? And that I mean by like how to get more engagement. And so just whether it's even on LinkedIn or just the other social medias or just in general, we all sort of gravitate towards pictures. And so the engagement level is usually always higher on a picture or then if we even you know extend this conversation into video, which is a whole other topic, video also works as well. So it again, I'm going to go back to, are you comfortable taking a picture of yourself? And if you are, there are some really great benefits of it. Um, I can tell you from my own posting, I always get people come up to me that might not remember the actual post, the topic of it, but they will say, I saw that picture of you in the graveyard. Where, where was that? Or, oh, I saw you took that picture of the Braves game. Where were your seats? Pictures are just easier to remember. And in my strategy, I always try to have my pictures match my content. And again, I'm lucky. I'm creative. I run a marketing agency. It's, I wouldn't say it's easy, 
but it's probably easier for me than some to figure out how to do some of these pictures. But I don't think that should stop a CEO of a, of a manufacturing company or an owner of a business from saying, hey, we're at the Braves game. Let me take a picture and post it on LinkedIn and talk about the client we took to the game as an example. Uh, that's a great example. So you also kind of raise a question, and that is, if you want to have a presence on LinkedIn, you have to invest. You have to, quote, engage to have people engage with you. So on a practical side, when you're working with clients, when you're working with leaders and you're advising them, what do you recommend in terms of the, uh, the frequency of post? Yeah. So instead of answering the question about frequency, I'll tell you what I tell them first. Okay. Is I tell them, put it on your calendar once a week, a half hour. And this is for someone that probably doesn't use LinkedIn at all. I find that with the leaders, that if you can get it on their calendar as an appointment, they're more likely to do it. Mm. And once they start to see the value of LinkedIn, because as, as you and I both know, it can be a second job sometimes, but it is also worth it because of the engagement. You can't just be the person that posts and doesn't comment doesn't engage with people in their post as well. But if I can get them to put, at least at the very beginning, let's just start off once a week, a half hour. And actually, I don't even want you to post. I just want you to engage with your network. Go in there and see what everyone else is doing in your network. Join the conversation a half hour, once a week. And what I have found without even telling them, when I check in a couple of weeks later, Oh yeah, I'm on there a couple times a week. I've now do I'm doing it for an hour. Are you posting? I've been thinking about it. I don't know what I should post. That's where the next conversation goes to. We start to have the conversation that you and I have just had. What are you comfortable with? What's on your calendar this week that might make a good post? Read anything in the trades recently that you have an opinion on? Then we can start to put in what I would call a content calendar. And this doesn't need to be anything fancy like a full-on social media management calendar, but it will start to give them an idea of topics that they can write about. Because whether it's LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or, or actually just any social media channel, the question we always hear is, what am I going to post? Nobody wants to hear what I'm going to say. And then right back to, I don't have anything to post. And what I then I run them through this exercise. Let's look at your calendar. What are you doing this week? We can start to figure out what to post. That's how I do mine. That's a behind the scenes. I look and see what's going on. I read the trades and see what other people are talking about in my network. And I have an opinion on it. So why don't I write a post about it? Yeah, I'm glad the fact that you kind of said, Mike, let's go upstream one more. And that is understanding LinkedIn first and we use this term engagement and you use the three words join the conversation mm -hmm. powerful three words how do you advise clients to go about joining the conversation what is it they should be doing in joining the conversation yeah so for for me and what i like to tell our clients and, and the listeners here is just open up linkedin 
see what's going on in your feed. If you curated a good group of people within your network and they're saying interesting things that you can even lend a couple sentences to, that's joining the conversation. So it could be something as simple as, great, great post, Mike. I really like the way you explained dot, dot, dot. That's joining in the conversation. It's letting you know how I feel about what you posted. It's letting me maybe ask you a question so that we could actually have a back and forth on LinkedIn, a dialogue back and forth. That's how I believe that people should start to join the conversation because as I just, as I mentioned previously here, LinkedIn sometimes could be a second job and it should and it shouldn't be. But if you can join the conversation to the people that you want to be talking to, it is a great way to just enhance your relationships. It's also a great way to start relationships and it is definitely a great way to get more business. Mark, I suspect you've got a pretty large number of people in your LinkedIn network. Um, do you have a process by which you kind of systematically try to touch base with people or is it more organic? It's half, it's half and half actually. So I let, I let my feed sort of dictate what I should see. I also know that that's an algorithm choosing for me who and what I should see. Mm -hmm. But I rely on it to know that it is probably and more than likely going to put in front of me people that I've engaged with either recently or maybe haven't in a while, which is a nice reminder. I also have a list as well of people that maybe are a target for me when it comes to sales. I also have a list of people in my network that I know write interesting posts that I can learn from, that I can comment on, that I just wanna see what they're doing. And I can't rely on the algorithm in that case to make sure that I see all of their posts. So I do have a list of people that I kind of check in on to, to use your words and see what's happening. But at the same time, I really let the algorithm figure out what my day is gonna be like on LinkedIn. That's very interesting. Mark, you've shared that you came out of a, uh, a corporate marketing background like myself. I came out of a corporate HR background. You, you learn what works well you also learn what does not work well. And you take that and you share that with, with your clients. As, as you kind of think about your experiences, both in a corporate setting and as a business owner, can you share an example by which perhaps you or a client got stuck? And what did it take to get unstuck? Mm, that's, that, that is a great question. Um, I can speak for myself. I think that's probably the, the easiest one. And then maybe I'll try to come up with a, a client story. Um, this this recently happened to me over the last couple of years. And so, you know, I mentioned that Ford Push has been around for 13 some odd, some odd years. And throughout that time, I've been stuck many times, just probably like most, most people. And about two years ago or so, we were going through what I would say is not, not a crisis at Ford Push, but we had some decisions to make about which way we were gonna take the company. Meaning, were we going to bring on new people? 
what my roles and responsibilities were going to be. Um, even office space, how many private offices do we need? We were really taking a, you know, kind of a refreshed look. And my business coach had mentioned to me a book called Who Not How. Mm -hmm. And I was stuck. And I've told people I probably have sold more copies of this book than anyone. That book and that teachings from my business coach opened my eyes to making sure that I pulled myself away and who was I going to get to help me to do these things or who on my team could pick up other responsibilities. And I've practiced that since I finished reading that book and it's made the biggest difference. And as I'm talking to you about it and wanting to answer your question about clients that have been in that situation, I've relayed that exact story to them as well. Because a lot of times our clients will say, I need to do this. This is what's taking up my time. And when it comes to marketing, sometimes it is, I want to be on LinkedIn, but I don't know what to write. And because we write for clients and we write posts for them, we become their who. A lot of times it's just talking to the client and they want to do LinkedIn themselves. And when we look at their calendar and we're trying to help them figure out, can you spend 30 minutes a day on LinkedIn? Could you spend an hour every other day on LinkedIn? Could it be part of your daily practice? And when it usually ends up with this conversation about who, not how, because you know what, isn't there someone else on your staff that could do this for you? And then they can see the value of LinkedIn because they'll have the time to do it. So I love getting stuck because it usually means that there's a solution around the corner that can teach you. And it's also valuable that you can pass it on to other people to say, you know what, I've been in that situation too. Here's what I did. Your mileage may vary, but give it a try. I don't know if I've ever had a guest say, I love getting stuck, but I can see in the context how that makes good sense. For those who are listening, um, I have found that people who own their own businesses, they have to wear so many different hats. And so the natural tendency is if something needs to be done, I must have to do it myself. Mm -hmm. And what I'm hearing you say is that you found in your own business that though you could do a number of these things, you're learning to find the right who. A hundred percent. And it's the one thing that I wish someone would have told me when I started um, sooner, than, sooner than later, because once I figured out that piece of the puzzle, I'm not as stuck as I used to be. Um, and because I know now when my plate gets full, I get a little stress, I look at my calendar, I can easily now say, who, who could help me with this? Even things just as mundane as healthcare for our clients or payroll. Who, who, who can I ask in my network that probably has experience with this that they can tell me who, who to call? Or I could just spend all day looking on Google. But why should I? When I could probably make a call to you, I can make a call to some other people in my network and they'll say, oh yeah, I went through that, or I know this guy you should call. I know this woman you should call. Finding your who has made sure that while I love getting stuck, I don't get stuck as often anymore. You know, I, I think I read this not long ago, 
Um, but one of the probably more gratifying things to be able to say is when asked, yeah, I know somebody. And oh. if, if you know somebody, that means you've, you probably have dealt with that issue. You've decided to go the who route mm -hmm. and that somebody is someone who is on your list to when asked readily refer. Um, Speaking of people who you stay in contact with, the nature of business, it seems as if, particularly in the service area, that's what kind of you do for clients, is what we do for our clients. But you mentioned referring business or going to others. And what, how are referrers or referral partners, have you found that there has been a value to have relationships that are referral-based? Uh Yes. And I'll, and I'll give you a story from yesterday. This is how okay. fresh the story is. Um, I received a referral yesterday from someone in my LinkedIn network. Um, she is a woman who I've never met in person, hmm. but we comment on each other's posts quite frequently. And she was referred to me from someone else within my network. So it's not someone that is just new to me. We've known each other probably about a year or so, but We've never met, we've done Zoom conversations, but never in person. We've commented, like I said, on our post. And yesterday she sent a three-way email to someone that she knows that needs help with marketing and lead generation. And in that email to myself and to the person that she's referring me to, she had mentioned things about me that you would only know if you read my LinkedIn post. Mm. And when she finished the paragraph about me, the last sentence that she sent to this gentleman was, if you want to know more about Mark and his services, look here on his LinkedIn profile. And I found that so interesting, Mike, because why didn't she put my website? Hmm. Why didn't she put the page on our website that we've worked so hard to list all of our services, our case studies, our testimonials? Instead, she sent this person that needs help with lead generation and marketing to my own personal LinkedIn profile to learn more about me. So when we talk about this, how networking works on LinkedIn, if I was posting all the time, call me to help you with lead generation and DM me for SEO and talk to me about this and that, I would never be on her radar. She would know nothing about me, nor would she ever trust me that she could have someone in her network. And this guy lives clear across the country that she's referring us to, referring me to. She sent him to my LinkedIn profile. Great example, timely. And it, it points out as good as your website is, and it's very, very good. The fact that the relationship existed on LinkedIn and she used LinkedIn as a means of, if you want to know more about Mark, go here. Yeah, exactly, Mike, because who's going to be on the phone with him? Who sent the follow-up email to him? Who sent him my calendarly link to schedule a meeting? Well, it's me. He's the one, I'm the one that he's going to see when we first talk. Then I'll have an opportunity to meet the rest of our team, and he can check out their LinkedIn. But it is like we've said multiple times through this conversation, I think it's the one thing the listeners should take away that LinkedIn is people to people. You can call it business place. You can call it social media, where business happens. 
But at the end of the day, I think it's just a giant cocktail party. And the more that you can be involved and have a good time at it, don't let it stress you out. Um, it's fun. And there's also business there, which I like getting your business. So I love it too. Well, that's what business is all about, but the yeah. relationships, and I love that characterization is a big cocktail party, a great way to kind of summarize what you have kind of shared. Now, I introduced you as Mark Apple, Mark with a C, but if folks want to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do so? Yeah, well, I would be a fool not to say to look me up on LinkedIn, right? <laughs> uh, so I have a pretty good LinkedIn profile and it's Mark, M-A-R-C, Apple, A-P-P-L-E. Um, send me a connection request, send me a message. That is the best place to find me. But if you would like to know more about what Forward Push does, um, other than my own craziness on LinkedIn, it is forwardpush.com. Excellent. Mark, I learned a lot. I knew I would. I did. Thank you for sharing today. My pleasure. Thanks, Mike, for having me. I appreciate it. I also want to thank our listeners for joining us. We upload the latest episode every Thursday to all the major platforms, including Apple and Spotify. So if you've enjoyed this episode with Mark, I invite you to please subscribe. I have a question for our listeners. Are you trying to grow your business and you want to make sure you got the right people, process, and planning systems in place so that you can grow smoothly? If yes, I'd love to talk. Head over to unstuck.show and schedule a quick non-sales call. We'll talk about your growth goals and explore practical ways that you can immediately take to grow your business. So I want to thank you for joining us. And I hope you have picked up on some tips from Mark that will help you get unstuck and on target. Until next time.